I have to be honest with you. I have been really frustrated and discouraged lately with the apathy of the majority of American citizens. And it got me to thinking, what inspires a person to get in the fight? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working hard to advance the conservative movement in this very deep blue state. We are working to get conservative candidates elected. We are working to educate and engage our citizens to make changes in our state legislature, in our schools, and all of the areas that impact us as citizens. You can learn more about our issues and what we're doing and how you can get involved by visiting our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And if you're not in the state of Washington, I have great news. We will be expanding to a national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, in the very near future. In fact, I just got out of a meeting this afternoon with our web designer, and I'm super excited to see things moving forward quickly. So more information on that coming soon. In the meantime, head over to conservativeladiesofwa.com. Well, I'm frustrated, guys. I have been, I feel like I've been like beating my head against the wall, trying to encourage people to get in the fight, trying to wake people up. And it got me to thinking, like, what is it that inspires a person to engage in the fight? I think about the people that I know who are really engaged on some level, whether they are engaged in education and fighting what is going on in our government schools and the indoctrination of our kids with critical race theory and the comprehensive sex ed and the LGBTQ agenda that's being pushed in government schools all across the country. I have friends who have run for the school board or who are just getting involved by attending school board meetings and making their voices heard and being a thorn in the side of these woke superintendents and school board members. I know other people who have been fired from their job because they didn't get the vaccine. And so now their mission is to fight the vaccine mandates, whether it's here in Washington or somewhere else in the country. It's happening all over. Everybody kind of has a reason for why they're engaged. I've noticed that it's like something has happened that has compelled and inspired people to engage and get in the game and fight. It's kind of that it woke them up. And so I got to thinking about that for myself personally. What is it that has made me like so engaged in this fight? Like I can't even give it up. I can't back down. And I shared in a recent episode about what had happened to my children 10 years ago. And when you're a mom and a single mom and learn that your children have been abused, it changes your life. Um, Obviously, it changed my life in many ways. Like I had to close my business. I had to hire an attorney. I was on food stamps for a few years. I mean, I had no income. I was going through 
uh, you know, visits to the doctor's offices, to the therapist's offices, to my lawyer's office, to court. I was in court hearings preparing documents. It was a grueling process and it was emotionally taxing. And every time I came up against an obstacle through the three-year process that I spent fighting to protect my kids, I really felt that God was putting these obstacles in my way because he wanted me to figure out how to overcome them. I didn't feel that these were obstacles or roadblocks to discourage me, but for me to sort of sharpen my skills and to learn more. I really felt even as I was going through that process and things were very difficult for me, I really felt that God had a purpose for why I was going through this. And I didn't know how he would use that. I didn't know if someday I would have some kind of a an organization that would help victims of domestic violence. I didn't know if I was going to be helping other parents navigate the legal system. I didn't know how he was going to use it, but I know, I knew that there was a purpose and that someday God would use that purpose. And for many years after, after things got settled and my kids were going to be protected and everything, you know, was kind of quote fine, I started to get frustrated because I was like, well, now I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm mom. I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm finally able to start working again and build my business back up and things are going okay. But I don't feel like I'm being used for my purpose. I don't feel like I'm doing anything significant for humanity. And it got frustrating because I thought, God, what are you going to use me for? What what did I go through all of that for? What was the purpose if you're not going to use me? And after I got through my frustration period, I, you know, then I married my husband and and then I started this Facebook group, Conservative Ladies of Washington, which I had no idea would turn into what it is today. And I got engaged in politics and, you know, was really mostly looking at politics on a national level. And then when my daughter in the spring of 2021 at the age of 14 was taken from, was sent from Seattle Children's Hospital to the Paul G. Allen Hope Center, a homeless shelter for youth in Seattle, without my permission, without my consent, that woke me up. Ten days later, it took us eight Seattle police officers to get my daughter out. When we went to get her, they essentially held her hostage. And the police officers that first came on the scene after they engaged with the staff that were at this homeless shelter, they came back out to us. We were waiting on the street. And they said to us, we've never seen anything like this. They are essentially holding your daughter hostage. And that was when I realized that, oh, kids in in the state of Washington, if they're over 13, they can make some of these decisions for themselves. And I started wondering, what are the other laws that I haven't been paying attention to that are going on in this state? And since that happened with my daughter, I've gotten very engaged in our state politics and our state government, I should say, and even, you know, just raising the alarm to other parents about the law and about what can happen to our kids. And every day, I'm kind of shocked when I see more people, people who've been involved in politics for a long time, who post something and they're like, oh my gosh, can you believe they're doing this in Washington? Uh, 
yeah, this has been a law for a long time and you've been involved. And I wonder like how many people are just not paying attention because it doesn't impact them directly until it's at your front door, knocking on the door, bashing the door in. It's not a huge issue to you. You think it can't happen to you. Child abuse, that wasn't something that was going to happen to my kids. That's something that happens to other people. Well, it did happen to my kids. And so one of the things that I have wanted to raise awareness of in our society is that it's child abuse, domestic violence is not a class problem. And it doesn't just happen to poor, uneducated people. It can happen to anyone. It can happen in your pretty little suburban subdivision. It's not something that's targeted to a certain class of people. It can happen to anyone. And everyone needs to pay attention. But I've noticed that unless someone has been negatively impacted, unless their life has been shaken in some way about a certain cause, they tend to be apathetic about the things that are going on in our country right now. And unfortunately, we had in our family, we've had over the last year and a half, two of our children that have been victims of this leftist indoctrination. I'll just kind of put it under that umbrella. I think we are running out of time for people to wake up. I mean, the stuff that we're seeing is like biblical. It is evil that is difficult for me to even comprehend. I cannot wrap my head around it sometimes. And I don't know if people just don't see it. Like I was talking to a family member a few days ago and and I said, can you believe that Jay Inslee still has emergency powers. It's like almost 900 days. And my family member said, what? What do you mean he still has emergency powers? No, he couldn't have emergency powers still. And this family member, you know, watches King 5 News, the local news, and gets their information from kind of the local mainstream media, who they aren't doing. The local mainstream media isn't doing a Jay Inslee emergency powers count up like Ari Hoffman and some of these conservative uh, media outlets are doing. And so I said, yeah, it's, you know, we're going on 900 days and good old Jay still has emergency powers. And I, it got me thinking like how many people don't know about these things that are going on that we are living with here as Washington citizens or American citizens. And this morning I was going through my Twitter feed as I usually do in the morning And there has been, as I talked about in one of my recent episodes, the children's hospitals around the country are doing these uh, gender mutilation surgeries for kids. Now, they call them, you know, gender identification, gender expansion, whatever they fancy name they want to put on it to make it sound nice. It's gender mutilation and it's evil. And they're doing these surgeries at children's hospitals around the country. And every day I keep seeing more clips of videos that these hospitals are putting out talking about these surgeries that they're doing. And I'm just thinking, like, how do we get more people to see this? How do we get people to see this and not go, wow, that's really bad. But like, wake up and and we all have to band together and do something. I almost wonder if the magnitude of the evil that is going on in our country today is almost too much for people to comprehend to the point that 
they just put it out of their heads. They just have to have some sort of sense of normal. And I want to play a couple of different clips for you today that came out of a couple different uh, children's medical facilities. The first one is a pediatric gender program director. She talks about children as young as three years old being, quote, gender expansive. Okay, I'm a mom of four kids, and I can tell you at three years old, children are incapable of making decisions about their gender. They don't even know if they want chicken nuggets or mac and cheese for lunch. Listen to this lady and tell me if this doesn't make you furious. I'm a clinical psychologist by training and I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey, um, thinking through that, thinking through the risks and the benefits of uh, medical intervention, uh, starting medical intervention, um, and also building supports around them. I love what I do, so it's really, really wonderful to to be working in this field and to be working with individuals who are gender diverse and gaining their support and helping them on their gender journeys. Any sane person has got to listen to that and think how absurd it is to suggest that a young child as young as three would have a quote, gender journey. This is pure evil. And it's difficult for me when people say, you shouldn't call it evil. That's, that's maybe a little bit extreme. I'm sorry. This woman looks nice. She sounds nice. But to be talking to young children about a gender journey, that is evil. God created every human being in his image, and he did not make a mistake And you do not need to convince children that they could or should change their gender. The people that want to do this to children are people who are 100% against God and God's creation. That is what this is. And we have to call it for what it is. And I hope that when Christians and especially people in the church see this kind of thing, they start waking up. But again, I have this frustration that, you know, relates to the church as well. Look at how many churches are affirming same sex marriage. Look at how many churches have pride flags out in front of their buildings these days. I mean, there are very few churches that will stand up and say, marriage is between a man and a woman. God created them male and female. It's all about inclusion. You've got these woke churches and woke pastors who are so afraid of losing their money stream that they will go along with the world. Friends, we are going to see the consequences of our church leaders taking people, taking their congregation down that very slippery road. As it says in Matthew 7, 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Knowing that this is in the Bible kind of 
makes it a little better for me to digest what is going on in our world, but it doesn't make it any less painful to watch. I'm going to play for you another terrifying video of a, this is a woman talking here. This is from Boston Children's Hospital, and she is talking about boys tucking their penis if they want to identify as a girl. And she's talking about um, the fact that it can be painful and that you should take breaks. Tucking is definitely a topic that comes up for transgender and gender diverse folks, particularly people who have a feminine or female gender identity and were perhaps assigned male sex at birth. The purpose of tucking is, is it helps them feel better, so more congruent and aligned with the body that they do have that can help reduce gender dysphoria. And gender dysphoria is that negative or that uncomfortable distressed feeling that possibly comes with having a gender identity that's different than your sex assigned at birth. So when I think about talking, I want to make sure that people are talking in safe ways. Um, and I think one of the best things that folks can do and families can do who are helping children or teenagers navigate this topic is talk to a gender-affirming medical provider that's involved in their um, child's care or that's involved in your care. I would really recommend that people take breaks from talking. Often people can talk for a long period of time and we want to make sure that you're listening to your body, that you're not in any pain. So pain might feel like an uncomfortable sensation or a tingly sensation and that's definitely something you'd want to take a break from and then talk with your medical provider about. These are videos and stories that I don't believe are being shared by mainstream media. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't even touch this. When the mainstream media, one of the local mainstream media sources came out and interviewed me last spring after what had happened to my daughter. And they wanted a piece of the story, but they didn't want the entirety of the story. They didn't want to call out the hospital. They didn't want to expose the Paul G. Allen Hope Center. And in that moment, while these people, nice people, spent a couple hours with me and my husband in our home, the fact that they couldn't, and they basically told me, we can't report that part of your story. And it became very obvious to me, not that I didn't already know that the media is uh, a factor in, you know, keeping information from the people but it solidified that for me. I couldn't, there was no getting around it. It had happened to me. I think that's where I get my passion for the fight, whether it's fighting for kids or fighting for law and order and, and supporting our police, whether it is, you know, fighting against man, you know, mandates like masks mandates or vaccine mandates and just sharing information with people, fighting for the right to life and against this evil that is going on with killing the unborn at any time for any reason, and even paying people to travel from one state to another. Here in Washington, they're going to pay in Seattle, they are going to spend 250000 taxpayer dollars to help people from other states travel to Washington to get their abortion. And it's all just all of this evil. I feel like people like me who have been 
impacted by something in our lives that has inspired us to stand up and fight. I hope that by us speaking out and encouraging other people and educating other people and, you know, raising these red flags to average citizens who I'm going to call them normies who aren't just engrossed in the politics and government stuff all day, every day. That by us sharing our stories and alerting you guys to what's going on, that we will start seeing people take this seriously and take action and do something. I mean, we've got to start asking our media to be accountable. We've got to start calling them out. A great way to call them out is on social media. I mean, I do it all the time. I'll comment on, you know, Como News or King 5 and call them out so that other people who are reading the comments maybe they will read my comment and go dig a little deeper and find out more information. And if more people like me start speaking up, and the biggest thing when you comment on a Facebook post or a Twitter thing is you don't get engaged with these keyboard warriors, leftist radical wingnuts who are just wanting to have a a social media debate that is fruitless and a huge time suck. Don't do that. I learned my lesson the hard way. And so I just dropped my truth bomb and I'm drop the mic and I get out. But we need to be speaking up in these public square. I mean, that's what social media is these days. That is the public square. And so I encourage you to take action in some way about these things that you see going on. Maybe it's just sharing something, sharing one of these stories. I'll put links to these videos in the notes. Maybe share this on your Facebook page. You know, I've gotten to the point where, well, I got to this point several years ago, but if my Facebook friends didn't like something I posted or didn't agree with my point of view, and they were going to unfriend me over it. Well, fine. Bye. I don't really feel any love lost over someone who wants to support an evil agenda. There is too much at stake. They are after our children. And I hear people say all the time, they're coming for our children. And I am here to tell you, they're not coming. They're already here and they've been here for a while and we're late and it's time for us to step up and so I'm gonna leave it there for today as always if you've got a topic idea that you'd like me to chat about on an upcoming episode I would love to hear from you all of my contact info is listed in the notes and I look forward to chatting with you again next time 